hi, I just wanted to do um, a microphone check for my connection. This is Council Member Catherine Jordan. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, uh, Councilor Jordan, this is Deputy City Clerk R.J. Warren. We can definitely hear you, and um, we will take note that you are participating. Take, take note that you're Thank participating you. fine, and you're good to go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Madam Clerk? Yes. If you would let me know when we have a quorum, please. Will do. We're awaiting one more member. Thank you.
And Madam President, we do have a quorum if you'd like to get started. Yes, Madam Clerk, thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. The special meeting of the Richmond City Council will now come to order. Madam Clerk, if you would please read the appropriate electronic meeting announcement followed by the roll call. Before we begin the meeting, I must state the following for the record. This meeting is being held as, as an electronic me meeting pursuant to an in compliance with ordinance number 2020-093 adopted April 9, 2020, as most recently amended by ordinance number 2020-232 adopted December 14, 2020. Notice of this meeting was provided to the public by means of a revised public information advisory issued on April 13, 2021, as well as through Legistar on the city's website in accordance with usual practice. There will be no opportunities for public comment during this meeting. In order to identify each member of the council who is present electronically or physically, I will now call the roll. Mr. Addison? Ms. Jordan? Here. Ms. Lambert? Here. Ms. Larson? Ms. Lynch? Here. Here. Ms. Trammell? Here. Mr. Jones? Vice President Robertson and President Newbill. Here. All members are in attendance with the exception of Councilors Addison, Larson, Jones, and Vice President Robertson. You do have a quorum. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, please read the budget related papers uh, for this afternoon session. The budget-related ordinances include item 1, ordinance 2021-040 through item 24, ordinance 2021-093. Those papers are before you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I will now entertain a motion uh, uh, to continue all of these budget papers to the May 10th Council meeting. And I do believe Mr. Jones is here. So moved. Thank you, Ms. Lambert. Is there a second? Second. Thank you. Council is voting on the motion to continue ordinances 2021-040 through 2021-063 to the Monday, May 10th Council meeting. Mr. Addison? Ms. Jordan? Uh, yes. Aye. Ms. Lambert? Aye. Ms. Larson? Ms. Lynch? Ms. Lynch, you're muted. Aye. Thank you. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Jones? Mr. Jones, you are on mute. Aye. Thank Aye. you. Vice President Robertson? And President Newbill. Aye. That motion has been approved. Thank you, Madam Clerk. The next item for us will be to review the uh, budget amendments. Uh, members, our goal today is to uh, review and uh, finalize the budget amendments uh, and text amendments uh, that have been before us. And I'll ask Mr. Eckelberger to uh, lead us off in that discussion. Thank you. Um, what I'm going to do, first of all, is is tell you that, of course, as you know, we've had some technical difficulties with um, Excel not liking work to work with um, teams. 
If that locks up on us again, the only solution we have is for me to log out and then log back in, which might take three or four minutes um, if we lock up. Um, what I'm going to do now is share with you the worksheet that was sent out this afternoon that shows, and hopefully you can see that now. I never can tell what you guys can see. We see it, Mr. Eckelberger. You do? Is yes. it big enough for you folks to read? or should You might I want to enlarge it a little bit if possible. Let me see what I can do. Um, let's go. That should that should be a little bit better for you, I hope. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. So let's go on from uh, the top. Let me first of all tell you what this is. This is a scenario that uh, was put together over the weekend um, by some of the members. Uh, and what we have is – and I'll go through these at the bottom, but right now this scenario – uh, including one budget reduction plus the revenues certified by the uh, administration from the uh, increased assessments, net of that gray revenue that's lost for the gray machines. You have 1,133,898 remaining after this scenario. So let me go to the top and walk through this fairly quickly. You've got. And, and Mr. Eckelberger, let's. Um, just provide clarification. What we are reviewing are uh, amendments that either have been adjusted or withdrawn in conversation with the patrons. Yes, right? yes. So the first thing we have is 191,000 for some additional positions. Uh, not actually additional, but they're mostly vacant positions. Uh, the clerk's office, the the boards and commissions coordinator. The assessor's office was withdrawn because the revenue won't materialize. The auditor's position at 90000 and a part-time HR specialist in the chief of staff's office to service all of the council agencies. That comes to 191. The 95000 for the contract investigator uh, in, in the IG's office is not going to move forward at the moment. The 75000 for the lobbyist was withdrawn. There's 300000 in this proposal to pay for the auditor's office to conduct the fiscal review of all City of Richmond departments, including RPS. Um, then moving on to the now, salaries. Mr. Ackelberger, before yes, we be, – let's get consensus in terms of each of these categories, please. So sure. the total amount here is, is 491 Okay. Members – uh, any questions, comments at this time? Um, otherwise, I will be looking to see if we have consensus to accept this uh, proposal relative to council agencies. Hearing no questions or comments, might I see hands, please? And Madam President, for the record, two members are on by phone, Ms. Larson okay. and Ms. Jordan. Okay. Uh, Ms. Larson and Ms. Jordan, are you in uh, support of this uh, council agency uh, amendment? Can, can you hear it looks me? As, yes. It look, yes. Okay. 
I am. I do. I would like to continue the discussion at some point about the position in the IG's office, but I'm in support of it as is. Thank you. So we have um, five in support, if I see this correctly, of this amendment. And so we, the consensus is to move forward with this amendment um, that totals 491. Mr. Eckelberg, if you could go to the next item. The next block is the general employee compensation program. And this is what was worked on with the administration the other day. It still totals $5,807,000. Um, it adjusts the um, amounts for each component. There's a 3.25% across the board salary increase. This is on October 9th, um, which is the effective date of all of these. And then um, the next component is $1,937,640 for implementing the um, phase two of the Gallagher study on October 9th. And then this contingency amount is reduced from the 750 to 394. But again, it still totals the amount you were holding uh, in reserve to do a compensation program at 5,807,000. Thank you, Mr. Ackelberger. Members, um, I would like to ask if we have consensus to proceed with this uh, compensation plan as articulated by Mr. Eckelberger 3.25 and Gallagher, et cetera. If I might see hands, please. I, there are a couple by phone that I can't tell. Yep. Those who Dr. are on Nigo? phone. Yes. This is Kristen. Um, I support the 5.25 and the Gallagher. I do not support the two-step for police and fire. We're not there yet. We're not there yet, Ms. Larson. We're simply at this is the general employee um, pay uh, proposal. So I'd like to get uh, consensus here first. So do. Okay, sorry. Okay, no worry. It's 3.25 plus Gallagher uh, phase two, October 9th. Um, might I see, it looks as, um, if people, okay, so the hands I can see by names, um, Vice President Robertson, Councilwoman Lambert. Um, there are two others that I cannot, I see circles, but I can't tell. Okay, so Ms. Lynch, and then there's another person who's on the, is that you, Mr. Jones? Mr. Jones? I believe he had his hand up. I just can't see if that, okay. Um, Madam that, President. Yes, okay, for, let me just get clear here. Um, uh, Miss Madam Clerk, number six, what's showing is number 68. Is that Mr. Jones? Yes. Okay. I see it now. All right. So we have a consensus on the general employee pay proposed pay package as presented here. <clears throat> Thank you. Next category, Mr. Eckelberger. The next category is fire and police. And there is the only amount included in the plan there is the $100,000 to do a study of the uh, pay plan that was brought forward by the fire and police. Um, 
and there will be a text amendment that we would go over later that talks about the study and what the due dates would be. Okay, and can you reference what's already in the budget that would be effective uh, October 9th for police and fire? Yes, ma'am. There's a two-step um, salary increase uh, for police and fire. The One of those two steps is to make up for the one that this year was not given, and the other is the one that would have normally been scheduled for FY22, so a total of two steps at $2.5 million in the base budget. Thank you. Um, members, questions, comments relative to this item? Councilwoman Trammell, Lynch, oh, let me just get Councilwoman Trammell, Lynch, Lambert. And I believe this is Councilman Jones in the little circle there. So in that order, please. Madam President. Yes, Councilwoman yes. Trammell. Yes, that's what I was trying to ask you a minute ago when we were at the other part. Um, is that going to, okay, what we're going to give them now is the, um, the step, two-step plan, whatever. Are they going to be included in the other with the 5% um, raise or whatever? We were just talking about there is no 5% raise that was a 3.25 and so what had been placed in for police and fire was the two-step um, that uh, would be effective October 9th so there's 2.5 million excuse me I'm sorry what I was saying that's equal the amount that's in the budget for that is 2.5 million dollars And then as far as like the study for the $100,000, have did we finally clear that up after last week of back and forth with that $100,000 that we're going to be using for a study? Have we cleared that up with police and fire to find out exactly, you know, what they're, I think, because I got so many calls and emails, people telling me that this, that is a waste of their money, that of taxpayers' money. Uh, thank you. What um, I've gotten back in conversation with the administration, and I know that they uh, there was some information sent relative to Chesterfield and a study they did, was that um, it was there was not a hard and fast number, but a hundred thousand seemed to be at least an appropriate um, amount to reserve. If we use less, of course, we're not trying to spend 100. But on the other hand, if we don't have enough, we don't want to delay the study going forward. So um, that's the information I have at the moment. And I'll ask Haskell to speak to that um, afterward and Ms. Davis if they have additional information. So Miss um, Lynch, Miss Lambert, and then Ms. Trammell, I'll ask Ms. Davis and Mr. Um, Brown to speak to any additional information relative to their review uh, for plan pay plan studies. Ms. Lynch? Uh, yeah, I was just speaking to that study number. Um, do we have, have we gotten any uh, further information about the bid, what would be reasonable? I mean, I understand sure, the need sure. to um, just, just put in some more information on that. Yes, I was trying to get all the questions in to see if there was anything different or if they were all the same. So, And then I'll go to Ms. Davis and Mr. Brown. Miss um, Lambert, so I'm not, I'm not losing that question or point for either you or Ms. Trammell. I was just trying to see if there were additional questions outside of that. 
Um, thank you, Madam President. I had the same question as okay. um, Councilman sure. Lynch. I just wanted to get clarity um, because I know we discussed over the weekend that that number could be a lot less um, depending on the jurisdictions around sure. of what they did. So, okay, that's all. Okay. I'm. Thank you. We're all in line. <laughs> thank you. So, Ms. Davis and uh, or Mr. Brown, uh, any further information, clarification relative to uh, dollar amount for pay plan study. I can provide um, some information um, this new bill, President New Bill. Thank you, Ms. Davis. Please uh, proceed. So I have been attempting to contact HR in Chesterfield to get more information of how they conducted their study and how uh, we are comparing what we want to look at as a scope of work. And I will have to share that information with you tomorrow because I have not spoken with the HR representative there. In speaking with HR here, it seems that that is an estimate of what it would be. And so in talking with uh, other members, it looks like even if they're stating that it's $100,000, and if it comes in at $75,000, that we just look at it on the high side. And as you indicated, then if we save, if we achieve any savings from that, then we would just go from there. But as mentioned by Haskell in an email that we received last week, the study in Chesterfield was $40,000. But that is where we're looking at is there a comparison of the scope of work and what their study entailed? And so when I have that appointment with the HR representative from Chesterfield tomorrow, I can give you more information so that if we put together our scope of work, we can compare what they have, incorporate some of those things, but also include what we want incorporated into ours. Thank you, uh, Ms. Davis. Mr. Brown, any additional comment at this time? Um, no, ma'am. Uh, okay. I, I, I believe it was reported to me that the value of the Chesterfield contract was $45,000. Um, and I, I, I believe I've, I had located a scope of work for that on their, uh, on Chesterfield's website. But beyond that, um, you know, it depends on what the city wants to do. Thank you. And I uh, will uh, go to, I believe, Ms. Lynch, Robertson, and Lambert. Um, thank you, Madam President. And, and we can we, um, th this is going to be housed under HR, correct? I think that'd be the most appropriate place for that to, to get couched. It will definitely be within the administration. I would think that would be the appropriate uh, office, yes. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for clarifying Thank it. Yeah, it was written as police and fire. Thanks for clarifying that. Yes. Um, Councilwoman Robertson, did I see your hand or? Yes. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, my question is, where did the estimated costs of $100,000, where did that originate? Where did that number come from? My understanding it came from the administration and if that's the case um, is there any explanation as to the dollar amount versus us comparing ourselves to what Chesterfield 
That's done. Thank you. Um, that's correct, uh, Councilwoman Robertson. Uh, as I rec recollect, that did come from the administration. And uh, I will ask if they can speak to that. Mr. Saunders, are you on board? Sorry, it took me a minute to get um, able to unmute. Um, I think that it is, it was a, a best guess given the perspective of the scope, et cetera. I know um, I'm happy to ask um, Director Burrell to speak to this, but but we have reached out to Chesterfield as well to see how comparable um, the scopes might be, I think, anywhere, um, you know, if we have the 100,000, that would give us the most flexibility, given the fact that it's likely we have a more complex uh, current pay plan that needs to be reviewed um, than our counterparts. But um, I believe it is a, a best guess estimate. Thank you, uh, Mr. Saunders. Um, Councilwoman Jordan and then Councilwoman Lambert. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm having a scheduling conflict that's kept me off my computer, but I have to be online in this moment. Um, my question is, um, like the others who have already spoken about uh, Chesterfield as a comparison, um, we have got so much funding for studies in our budget. And my understanding is that police and fire have spent a great deal of time on this pay plan and I would hope that we could conduct just a, a study that is more of a, a verification than a whole start from the beginning. And um, just with in mind that we want to get this calibrated so that it's fair and equitable and not delay it any longer than necessary. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Councilwoman Lambert. Yes, thank you, Madam President, and I concur with my colleague. Um, my question, I just want some clarification. Um, as a new council member, um, and I know last time I was dealing with council, um, dealing with um, as a council liaison, we had a different form of government. Um, my question is, how long have police and fire been um, putting, I guess, their budget requests together? Has that been done for a long time? Um, that's my first question. And the second question is, um, hopefully as leadership, as city council, we can move forward with a, a reform type of budget process, um, just because this is it's confusing to me, but we also need to address some underlying, um, um, I, I would say a pink elephant in the room topics when it comes to police. Um, and that could be something for our committee. Um, but I just want to get clarification on how long has the two agencies been putting their, submitting their budget requests. And as we move forward, we may want to look at um, something different. Um, if if thank, Pascal can answer sure. that. Councilwoman, thank you, Councilwoman Lambert. And I'll ask both uh, Mr. Saunders and Mr. Brown if there's uh, any comment there. Thank you. Relative to uh, your um, query. Thank you. Madam President, would I would it be okay if to ask um, the Councilwoman to restate the, the first question um, that she posed? 
Certainly yeah, make I sure I understand that. Yeah, so. I wanted to know how long has police and fire submitted their budget requests together? Had it been a separate request for each department, or is it has it always been police and fire um, requesting funds for the budget? Well, well, I think I think it's important to make sure we're we're um, talking about the right talking about the right. So obviously, the police department and the city's fire departments have submitted mm-hmm. their budgets through our, our budget process, um, working with um, Jay Brown, budget director, and, and the administration. You know historically every year. I think what you may be referring to is the um, RCOP Association and the, the Fire Association um, collectively coming in with um, a, a counter proposal to the administrations, um, which maybe is, is a, something I'd like to rephrase, which is uh, in years past in my uh, experience here with the city, there has been a lot of emphasis around funding the pay plan, which means funding the step increases that, um, you know, you, you could certainly use a phrase that are owed or, um, or planned as part of their, the, the yearly, um, steps. Uh, this year was, um, a bit of a new, uh, experience for me with, um, what I would consider kind of a, um, somewhat late stage, uh, proposal to make a, a wholesale change to the pay plan, which is why the administration has felt fairly strongly that uh, while there's many merits to the argument, uh, we do need time in order to, to make sure we can uh, review, plan, and execute effectively. Okay. Thank you. Any further question or comments at this point? Okay, so what we have on the table, Dr. Lambert. Yeah, I can't. Dr. Newell? Yes, Councilwoman Lambert. I'm sorry, that's Councilwoman Larson. I can't see. I'm not sure what's yeah, happening I'm with so- my I'm sit- sorry. Sure. Yeah, Dr. Newbell, I'm sorry. I'm on the phone. So okay. No worries. I don't think you, there's nothing. I can't, yes, I could see. not see. It's, yes. Yeah, I'm, I apologize. Um, I'll be that's, in front of my computer in about 10 minutes. No problem. But, um, but I just, um, I, I would much rather wait for the study to come back and try and fund the recommendations as best we can with the pot of money that's been set aside for the two steps instead of doing the two step, which I feel like is just continuing to invest in a plan that we are now, I believe there's agreement to fund this study to look at changing the plan. So to invest in that plan for another year when it's ultimately going to be changing, I just feel like is is kind of taking a step backwards. And I, I think we'd be better off if we took the money that's allocated, set it aside for the recommendations of the pay plan that I agree with Councilman Jordan that, you know, a lot of this stuff has been looked at by police and fire. So if we could have a third party, you know, give it, give it a neutral glance, make sure everything is on, on the up and up um, and ready to go, that would be great. Thank you. Any of Mr. Addison? And then I believe I saw your hand, uh, Mr. Saunders, but Mr. Addison. Sorry, I was late joining, had an issue uh, come up last second. 
uh, going between meetings from planning commission. So I guess my question is, was, was this, was the pay plan bad two years ago when we funded it? Was it bad years, the years before that as well? Like I get it, maybe it needs to be tweaked and improved, but to be like it's completely, you know, the worst plan ever or no longer supporting the interests when we've been a part of this process for I think a while now, um, I get improving upon it. And I feel like delaying, putting the money aside to wait for the study, unless we're doing a quick study using maybe a cooperative agreement from another state locality that can get this done quickly, um, I just have a hard time delaying paying our, our officers and our um you know, public safety officials, the, the salary needs that they have, because any delay in that is, I think, further making it be a stressful point, because I'm also concerned if what if this plan comes back and study says they need more money that we don't have, and the money we set aside might not be uh, able to support what the outcomes of that plan are, and I feel like right now, given the situation in our budget and uncertainty, I just feel like I want to support a study. I want to figure out what the best plan, if we need to tweak and update, it might be. Um, but the end of the day, as you know, we've received emails from officers saying how we need to show them our support. Um, right now, I think we need to study what that support looks like so we can make that plan happen. But I also want to make sure we support them with what we have before us. And that's what I want to make sure we do is how we can we make sure we take care of all um, people involved with this budget process and this proposal. And so my thing is, let's do that study see what we can tweak and improve upon when we get those responses, expedite as quickly as possible, see if there's a cooperative state contract to pull off of so we can make that done quickly, um, and then proceed as, as noted. And if we can make changes, let's do that. But right now, I just I hate the idea of waiting, knowing how important this is, considering the state of public safety officials and salaries across the region. Thank you, Mr. Addison. Ms. Trammell, and then um, Vice President Robertson and... There's a hand in circle that has no name, but I'll find out who that is momentarily. So, yeah. Councilwoman Trammell. Madam President, you can come back to me. You can come back to me. Okay. I, okay. I just want to say that, uh, since you want me to speak now, I was trying to just get, get some information for you. We need to do something now for our police and fire. We need, right. to, we need to take care of them now. Also, mm -hmm. um, Council, Vice President and I expressed... Vice President Ellen Robertson and I, we had this conversation earlier in reference to um, some things that's going on, not just in my district, but all over the city as far as people with men mental challenges. Um, I have somebody right now, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm just upset what I just read, but we have got to do something to help our citizens with, you know, some issues that they're having. And, you know, the police officers are not doctors. They are not doctors. Um, they, you know, they guard on these calls. They Sometimes they don't know who they're dealing with, how they're dealing with, with different people that's got different issues going on in their life right now. And then we, we just cut the um, Richmond Amlamps Authority by a million dollars. And now we're talking about cutting them by another $500,000. We don't need any more studies. We see it out here. Suppose we did, suppose the other day when we had all the shootings, and, and, and I want to thank um, Stephen Willoughby for clearing it up. It was not 20 minutes that the person waited um, that was shot on Jefferson Davis. It was just a few, like four minutes and not 20. But anyway, I guess it felt like 20 to some people. Suppose we didn't have an ambulance to go out there to get this person. Suppose we didn't have a police officer there. Suppose we didn't have the others to go out to help what we had 
and that situation or that day within one, you know, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes apart. We have got to stop saying a study, study, study. Damn it, we've been talking about this since last week. That's why I didn't, I wasn't even going to come here today. We are not going to get any further because we can't all agree. And, and we're not even listening to what the police and fire, the public safety, that is the main thing right now. We are definitely, we're, we're hurting as far as leaving our, our police officers and our firefighters leaving us. Now I'm hearing from the Richmond Ambulance Authority that they're going to be leaving what kind of situation we're going to be in. We're the ones that's going to catch the blame. We're the ones that are going to be blamed. Not the mayor, not the administration, but us nine council members. We're the ones that vote on this budget. He, like he tells everybody, and the mayor is right. He presents it to us. He does not tell us how to go about this budget. We are the ones that are supposed to adopt this budget. Thank, Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you. Um, Councilwoman Robertson. And then I'll move towards consensus in terms of these, this package. Councilwoman Robertson, again, consensus again. So. All right. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. The, so um, the answer that we were given as it relates to the estimate for the study at $100,000 doesn't give me any sense of uh, appreciation for the scope of the study that we're talking about. One of the things that is going on right now with our police department and all, you know, and we've got conversations about, you know, rebranding, reorganizing, all kinds of things that we're talking about with our police department. All of that all of those things are going to cost us, probably going to cost us additional money. So at least it's going to require some significant budget changes that, that we are not taking into consideration as it relates to what we need to do for police. I, you know, I would love to say we could find $12 million. Right now we're looking at roughly a maximum of about $3.5 million with these amendments that we've found so far adjustments to this budget, which is probably where we end up every budget year that I've ever served on city council. We get somewhere between two and $4 million and that's it. Uh, and there's nothing new to that. This is what we've done every year. Um, but, you know, we need to know that we are funding, we need an agreement with police and fire as to the pay plan that we're going to adopt, stick to, not change again. Because every year we have been doing incremental, inadequate uh, budgeting for these two departments. And the question that was asked earlier, we do receive separate budget for fire and police from the administration. Now, the organizations that are representing the interests of the police, which have done a fabulous job, they do come to us and ask for additional consideration for both departments. But we are receiving separate in the budget itself. Uh, but I, I really think that at this point, we are not going to find $12 million. But we, if, if that's what's needed, then I need to know that what's, what's in the scope of work that we are talking about 
for a hundred dollars, hundred thousand dollars versus forty. I mean, that's a significant difference. That's fifty percent, over fifty percent less. So, if I need some information as to, I support the two-step and the study. I support expediting it, getting it done as quickly as we can, so that we know exactly where we stand. Everybody have a voice in that process of making that decision. But I'm not sure if I know what the scope of work is, is being proposed here for $100,000. Thank you, Councilwoman Robertson. Mr. Saunders, any uh, additional information that might help us in terms of a uh, dollar amount that might be um, a slightly better estimate here? And if not, Mr. Um, Saunders, oh, okay. Hi. Yes, thank you, President Newbell. Um, I, I will say I think we created our estimate um, prior to seeing the analysis from Chesterfields, and but I also know that we have not actually reached out to them to know whether that is a comparable review um, to what we're proposing. So, um, I you know I, I feel like hundred thousand is probably the safest bet to not have to come back to council to say, you know, we think that uh, that a, a responsible bid on this is greater than um, if it was 40 or 50,000. Um, but if uh, council says this is what it is, then then we will see what we can do for what, it, you know, I don't know what else to say. Um, okay. okay. We will Thank do our you. best. E either direction council goes. Um, I certainly wouldn't go below the number from Chesterfield, but I also am not confident that that is and I say not confident because we have we have reached out. Miss um, Varela has reached out, but has not spoken to Chesterfield yet um, to know to see their scope and to know what the exact comparison is. But we did a further scan of potential um, cooperative procurements, and um, I don't believe we found anything prior to uh, or in addition to the Chesterfield um, possible option. So, so it, it is a guess at this point um, as far as what the the study would be. Um, but it is an educated guess. Thank you. Um, I just like to, and we had this discussion before and received consensus before. Um, while I understand we don't have uh, an exact amount relative to the pay plan study, I certainly support a comprehensive study and then looking to implement that plan upon uh, upon completion over the period of time subsequent to it. What I don't want to happen is that we put out an RFP and we get an amount higher than uh, our surrounding jurisdiction and have to and slow the plan down. So for me, it's looking at a pay plan study um, at this level and um, looking to make sure that our public safety professionals also start receiving effective October 9th along with the general employees, uh, compensation uh, um, uh, consistent with the two-step plan, at least to get started with that. And then as the study comes back, we're able to look and be more definitive about what, how much, over what period of time, and get underway with that. So at this point, um, what I'd like to ask is whether or not um, members, there would be consensus to conduct a pay plan study. Um, you hear that we don't have an exact amount at 100000 but to get a comprehensive study that would allow us to 
um, begin a compensation plan for our public safety professionals um, that is consistent with market, et cetera, et cetera, and make sure that October 9th, like all the other city employees, that they would also receive compensation while that work is being done, that they're not just sitting without compensation. So can I, if that was not too muddy, can I see uh, any hands to proceed with study and to proceed with October 9 compensation um, with a, a desire to implement as soon as possible um, consistent with funding? Might I see hands? Okay, so I see two that appear to be by phone. Okay. Um, yes, okay, Ms. Larson, thank you for, because um, okay. is that something you are agreeable to is what I'm trying to move forward? I support the study. I don't support the two-step because okay. I think I think the money could be used better else in a different approach to compensation. Thank you. Okay, but what's on the table right now is the study and the 2.5 and I have um, consensus to proceed with that. Thank you. Mr. Eckelberger, if you will move on. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Um, make sure that's incorrectly. Well, Excel just decided it was going to lock up. So what I've got to do is <clears throat> um, log off very briefly. And I will be back to join you and finish this up. Madam Chair, do we have, I think all council members have received this document as a part of our invite. That's correct. Is it, is the consensus of council that we can proceed with the document as it is before so that we can move forward while Mr. If everyone has it before them, um, that would be um, something that would allow us to move more swiftly. Do all members have the document before you? Not yet. Hold on. Okay. And then in the meantime, um, Councilwoman Trammell, you have your hand. You have your hand up. Yes, yes, Madam President. Um, I don't know what's happened to my screen, but anyway. Um, I want to just say that um, when 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 does administration sit down and talk to the police and fire? When do they come together? When 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 have they come together to iron this out? Why wasn't these questions asked before? Here we are, May the third. You know, Lincoln, can you help me out with that? Mr. Saunders and Mr. Eckelberg, if you would continue to work on getting the screen back up during this moment, please. Mr. Uh, Saunders. Um, Madam President, uh, as you all know, I moved into this role, I want to say, in, in December. Um, after, So I can't speak to any meetings or conversations Ms. Reed may have had um, prior to, but I will say that um, I got a request, I think, in January to meet with... Um, the associations uh I, we quickly scheduled that meeting i want to say it took place i i don't have the dates in front of me miss trammell councilman trammell but we did meet with them in january i believe they went back met with um other members of the administration the chiefs uh the director of hr 
uh, subsequent conversations, there there was again at that time comments around you know we we, we agree with um, the the need to review and 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 look at things, but but I'll be honest, I I, I felt like when we started this conversation um, and our with our our budget forecast looking like it did, um, you know we weren't even sure whether we were going to be able to afford to do a step, much less two, and so um, while. Uh, I understand the position and then the statements of the um, the, the two associations. Uh, I still I still hold true that the um, being able to to make it work to provide the two steps was a significant um, accomplishment by the the budget team and the the mayor and administration. Um, but but again, I, I would say, um, and it was said at the time, it, it, January and February is a late hour to come with a, a pay plan change it's it's an important conversation we're here for it but that that was a that was a very late um it, it was too late in the process for us to to really think that that was going to be prepared for a march introduction or a may adoption um it there's many variables and um you know more than a thousand sworn individuals who who rely on that plan uh for their compensation so not something we want to adjust the last minute i understand the advocacy of the um of Mr. Andes and, and RCOP. Um, but this is, uh, this is something we need to, to make sure we can appropriately, um, implement. I, the, the last thing, the worst thing in my mind would be to commit a, um, a study and a, um, a change and then not be able to implement it on a date that we've, we've promised. Then Lincoln, who's going to be in charge of this study, um, the administration or city council? Uh, Ma'am, we are. We would be very happy to to lead the study and and to um, proceed in the the dialogue and conversations. Uh, again, I I know that both chiefs uh, strongly support the the position that's in the budget of the two steps uh, with a with a commitment to study and hopefully hopefully bring council a plan for for any necessary changes. Um, know by the time we we are discussing the next budget all right thank you thank you um mr eckelberger if you would proceed to uh the next category please yes ma'am it's good to be back um what we have next is the public defender uh supplement and this scenario would phase this in over two years so the first increment would be uh, one half at 572-469. Thank you, Mr. Ackerberger. Uh, comments, questions? See, Councilwoman Lynch. Madam President, um, you know, I just want to um, thank my colleagues um, and um, obviously this amendment very near and dear uh, to my heart, um, but I think that We've come to a good place, and it's it's justifiable given that we we're asking all of our city employees to um, to go for a phased approach. That we ask the same um, of our public defenders. I wish that we could do the full um, amount. I know we will get there, um, but um, just given what we had to do for our own internal employees, um, it, it makes sense. And um, I just. Um, want to thank everyone for um, getting this on the board in the first place because I know it wasn't easy. So um, I, uh, I appreciate it and um, um, just want to put in my two cents there. 
Thank you. Councilman Addison. Hi, yes. So I just would like to, you know, voice my support for the work that they do for our residents, the public defenders. Uh, this is a topic that I think is across the Commonwealth of an issue and one that I feel like um, the General Assembly hasn't taken seriously. I think as they are state employees, we have um, heard time and time again how we have General Assembly approved raises and um, support for our, their staff and their employees that are directly assigned to work in our city for our residents. Um, but it seems we only support one side of the um, court, and that's unfortunate. And I think that while safety is, is of course, a concern, uh, the, the safety and, I think, protection of people, the residents in our city from issues that they're going to be facing now with the um, eviction moratorium ending and other needs of this, I think, uh, challenges from the p pandemic coming to an end, it's only fair that the General Assembly supports our public defenders as well. And so one of the things I wanted to make a public statement around supporting um, is that this should be a request for the entire state of Virginia to pursue paying our public defenders at a parity equity, equitable to the other peers that they're working with and working against in some cases as well. Um, representation in the courts can be a very scary feat. Um, and many people don't have a guarantee of, of being supported legally. And for me, it's important that we do this and go, I think, to the degree that we go to the General Assembly and say that they need to make sure that they support this as well. Um, I'm all for understanding how to make sure that they feel valued and appreciated as part of our city. Uh, but I think there's more needed. I think the conversation needs to be carried across the street uh, with other cities around the Commonwealth to say, you've got to step up to pay and support those who need representation in our courts. And I feel like this is a step in that direction. Um, I have a hard time agreeing to the fact that we have to use taxpayer dollars out of our funds to do so. Uh, but I understand it is, I think, a decision that is needed to be addressed. Uh, but I want to make sure I advocate to say that as the incoming chair for Virginia First Cities, um, I'll be making this a priority for our legislative agenda for the Commonwealth of Virginia uh, cities across the Commonwealth to support pay parity for public defenders as we look at some challenges facing uh, any residents across the state. Thank you, Councilman um, Addison. Um, Councilwoman uh, Vice President Robertson. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, you know, I, this has been an extremely challenging um, decision to make as it relates to the city stepping up and taking care of what I firmly believe is the state's responsibility. Um, and the reason why, another reason why it's extremely challenging for me right now is that we just finished talking about fire and our deficiency in the number of firefighters that we have out there. We talked about, you know, we need, we don't have enough police officers on the street. Um, that, you know, we have frozen many of our positions in city, of city government that we are responsible for taking care of. We are wrestling with a 3.25% increase for our employees that we haven't given a pay raise in years. Um, and I, I think everybody should be, should receive equitable pay. I do. I really do. And the services that, uh, and the population that is being served by the public 
defenders, there is, in many cases, they have no other choice. They have, there is no one else there. Uh, they can't afford their own attorney. And so uh, I'm grateful that the state recognized that and they provide that availability to this, to, uh, through the state for our city residents to take advantage of. Um, and it must be in place. And But I do I agree with um, Mr. Addison. Um, this is a state obligation, and it's difficult for me to say, how do we not give our own employees that no one else is responsible for but us um, the pay plan that they are asking for, the pay increases that they well-deserved that we haven't funded for years. How do we freeze job positions and yet add to our payroll, which is going to be an annual payroll? This is not a one-time funding. This is an annual payroll that um, um, lack of parity in salaries for state employees will be on our agenda. Every year, every year, to meet that demand. Um, I think that we are walking into an area that could open up lots of doors. Um, that city taxpayer dollars will be put out to supplement uh, state employees without any reimbursement from the state. And... I'm afraid that if we make this decision to do this, we've already obligated ourselves for eternity to, to continue to be the source of uh, salaries increases that will be argued uh, that the city will be obligated to meet. And I just, I'm not comfortable that, that the city is in a position to take on the state accountability. And that, that bothers me a lot. It really does. It, does, it has nothing to do with the work the importance of the work that needs to be done. But when we are not taking care of our own house, it's hard for me to understand how we can make an obligation to supplement the state in its negligence of not taking care of its own. Thank you, Councilwoman uh, Vice President. Uh, Councilmember Lambert and then Councilwoman Jordan. Yes. Um, and thank then I'll you, move on. Um, I just want to quickly say, I just want to thank all of my colleagues um, during this budget process. Um, this is my first budget process, and I'm learning a lot, and I'm realizing that we have to make some real tough decisions. And this public defender's um, budget amendment is a real eye-opener on the tough decisions that we have to make during this budget cycle. Um, but I believe that we are making the right decisions for our workforce and our city. So there's a lot of reform that we need to do and it has to occur. But I'm confident that my colleagues and I, we're doing the right thing. So I just want to commend you all on um, communicating effectively as leadership so that we can get through this process. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, um, Councilmember Lambert. Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you. I, I support this amendment. And... I just wanted to point out we're not the first to take this action. Arlington, Alexandria, Albemarle, Charlottesville, Fauquier, Fairfax, Loudoun, and Prince William have done supplemental compensations for public defender employees. And you know, it's 
Secondly, the Code of Virginia allows localities to supplement public defender employees. So that is something coming down from the state that allows us to do this. Um, and it's because we are, at the locality, supplementing the Commonwealth Attorney's Office. Just theirs, not the public defenders. So if we're going to supplement our Commonwealth Attorney, let's, um, let's create parity and supplement the public defenders. I appreciate my colleague, um, Councilmember Addison, saying that we need to go back and ask for the state to create parity, but they did not create this. They created the situation by allowing us to choose one or the other, and we only chose to fund one. So we need to choose to fund with supplemental monies, both of them. And if this needs to be fixed at the state level where they need to increase their funding, then I 100% will join him and the rest of the um, First Cities groups to advocate for higher funding for both of these, uh, you know, very important roles. But Thank today you. I'm voting to uh, support the amendment. Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Jordan. Um, Councilman Addison, and then I am going to um, ask for a consensus because I do want to be able to take, have you take at least a break in between this session and organizational development. So Councilman um, Addison. Thank you, Dr. Newville. Just as a clarifying point, yes, it is listed as a state uh, city fund to our Commonwealth attorney and sheriffs and other of those offices. Um, however, we are reimbursed for those. And so I think that is the issue, is that we are required for these increases and, and raises and in instances for the state-required um, pay increases. However, we're not for the public defenders. And that, to me, is an injustice. And that's, to me, the, the, the challenge of why we're here. And yes, of course, we can make payment changes to a lot of things. Um, in our funding, we can supplement our funding for street paving and sidewalks that we get from from the SID state as well. Um, however, I think there is an issue where the state is picking one versus the other, and that's to me the injustice that we're facing. And I think Councilwoman Robertson's points are well taken as well. You know, once we start down this path, we can never take it away, and let's hope that we can make sure we can keep it up because the last thing I want to see is something that's not required for us to make. Um, is seen as a, a, a negotiable term in the future because that's not fair either. So just mm -hmm. wanted to make sure we identified that point as well. Thank you. Um, and I'm just uh, uh, going to ask the administration, is there 100% reimbursement for the funds that go from the city to the Commonwealth Attorney's Office? Uh, Madam President, I, I do not believe the answer to that is yes, but I'll have I'll, Ask budget to explain how the state and local cost share works for um, Commonwealth Attorney's right. Office. Dr. Brown. Good afternoon, Madam President and members of council. My name is Jay Brown, Director of Budget and Strategic Planning. Uh, yes, um, per the state compensation board, the city receives a generally a set amount of reimbursement for positions and some qualifying operating expenses. However, in most cases, it is not a one-for-one -one reimbursement because there are some expenses that are that are not reimbursed 100%, and/or in most cases, there are some types of uh, salary salary supplements that the locality provides that is above and beyond what is um, authorized by the compensation board. So, um, no, it's not going to be a 100% match um, that the city receives from the state for 
its constitutional thank you um, and that was um, my understanding was that that was the case and so that then the advocacy that I would say absolutely that is needed would be to have whatever level of reimbursement for this particular population also be the case, but that we not uh, proceed to uh, consider uh, some support uh, for this office, um, and especially when we're looking at population serve, looking at equity. And I hear the other concerns, but I also see that our practice has been such to support um, another agency that is, you know, under state not uh, uh, reporting to us that um, bespeaks the need for me to take a look at this office and what they're asking for and the equity and the population served and the advocacy I think absolutely needs to be there and that would be for reimbursement or at least additional uh, at least additional um, support for the office in addition to reimbursement for anything the locality puts forward. So with that, I would like to... Yeah, one, one other comment I'd like to make. And, yes. Uh, like I said from the beginning, is I'm not in opposition to... I mean, people need to be... All people, all of our people that are doing this great work needs to be compensated fairly. Um, my question is, is it too late to put... Um, a text amendment to this paper, which I can discuss with you guys later, if that at the count at the council will at least consider um, some additional work that needs to be done to make sure that we are doing the legislative stuff that we need to do. And it may not be a text amendment, but I, I do think it's probably more of the resolution, Councilwoman Robertson, and I would be open legislation as it relates to this as well. Thank you. Yes. Um, I agree, and um, Councilman Addison has already indicated in his um, upcoming capacity that he would be willing to look at this with First Cities, but I think from the council side, um, with us putting in legislation and communicating with the General Assembly, uh, our desire to have this entity receive uh, support and certainly to move towards parity, um, I would definitely support that and work with you towards that end and other members uh, as well, for whom I think that would be a concern. So at this point, I am asking if I might have consensus for this amendment at the uh, rate that is currently uh, proposed here, 572-469. And if I could see hands, please. Okay, it appears that I have five. I've okay. Okay, we have consensus. Um, let's move quickly to the next item, Mr. Eckelberger, and I think um, I will try to, um, well, yeah, let's move quickly to the next item. If we can get to, through the other one, I think it'll be pretty straightforward. So the next item there, uh, members, any question, comment, clarification needed in this regard? Might I see then a consensus for this item number 12? Councilwoman Robertson, is that a question or you're raising your hand to support? Support. Okay. Might I see consensus for this item, members? Thank you. We have consensus. Uh, Mr. Eckelberger, let's move on to the next item. The next item is the Civilian Review Board. Um, and 
what was discussed earlier was funding this at the 204-199 level, so that's what's before you at the moment. Are there any questions or comments uh, at this point relative to this particular proposed amendment? Seeing none, are we ready then to, um, if you would, allow me to see if we have consensus relative to this item by putting your hand symbol up? Thank you, uh, Mr. Eckelberger. We have consensus on this item. The next block is the affordable housing. And if it's okay with you, Madam President, I'll take these these two areas up at the same time. Uh, the affordable housing. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, you mean the and, affordable and the other? And the other housing. Sure. And discussions with, uh, with the administration would indicate that these things would be eligible or likely to be eligible once we get the guidelines from Treasury to be funded from the ARP money. So the suggestion here is that these would go into a resolution that would document your desire to fund these things through um, ARP at, at whatever level you come to under the ARP discussions. Thank you, Mr. Eckelberger. Members, are there questions, comments? Um, Councilwoman Larson. Um, thank you, Dr. Newbell. I, yeah, just a question, I guess, clarification, because you and I spoke offline about this last night. I mean, I'm open to funding these things through ARP, but I would like to look at ARP as a whole and look at all of the the needs and um, desires of the council. Um, also considering these items, um, so I don't want to preemptively take a certain amount off the top of it, but I'm happy to look at this when we go through the ARP analysis, which I believe is part of the legislation that's in the pipeline right now. Thank you, Councilwoman Larson. Other members, comments? Uh, Mr. Addison, Councilmember Addison. Yes, I, I agree with Ms. Larson's comment. I think that we need to have a concerted effort of a team conversation around understanding the, the terms and requirements for what ARP money can be spent on. Um, more importantly, I think we're leveraging these, these two tranches, as they're calling it, of the funding to best advocate for how we can catch up on investments that are perfectly eligible to be supported through this. Uh, but more importantly, that we are strategically coming out of the end of this in the next two years um, stronger and better off for it. And I think we need to not only look at our current resources and our own staff, but also um, I think there's a lot of interest from uh, professionals in the outside as well. Uh, there's a lot of interest, I think, to making sure that this money is used to the best of our ability. I'm sure you all share in that sentiment as well. And so I think it is. it would be pertinent and due diligent for us to put that as part of an expectation with uh, your proposal, Dr. Newbill, on the uh, special revenue fund for this money to be dispersed into. So I'd like to see us uh, pursue kind of creating a working group to create some priorities for that as well. Thank you, Mr. Addison. And in fact, um, we are looking at that. And I'm looking at when I say we work with staff to be able to bring something back to council to take a look at it, but a collaborative process and an inclusive process that allows us to look at our priorities, um, but to uh, 
uh, in so doing, look at the entirety of the opportunity across ARP because we just don't know at all. We right now understand housing is a major element of that. And because we had housing items, wanted to go on and uh, indicate that that's where we will be looking for some funding, though we didn't indicate a level. So uh, definitely to come back uh, to talk about what does that process looks look like, what does that collaborative group look like with council, the administration, and others. And uh, yes, that will be coming shortly for council to review, deliberate, expand, et cetera. Um, Councilwoman uh, Jordan and then um, Vice President Robertson. Councilwoman Jordan. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Madam President. Um, I'm just adding my support that we look to the ARP funding for this um, affordable housing trust fund. And then I just want to be the broken record and say we've got to figure out what the parameters are for these funds so that we really are maximizing them for those who need it the most and not just the 8% AMI. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Vice uh, President Robertson. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, we had this discussion the last time we had the budget review. Um, uh, Councilman Jones and I agreed, as well as yourself, Madam Chair, that we would um, not pursue the amendments because we felt confident that the not not just as using the uh, ARP funds, but to support the increase to the Affordable Housing Trust Fund at the uh, level of funding that we were pursuing uh, as a part of these amendments, uh, which would essentially take the Affordable Housing Trust Fund up to the $10 million that had been requested uh, by a resolution that had already been passed by council and is also supported in a housing plan and a homeless plan. If um, what I'm hearing today is that, well, maybe let's look at all of our priorities and let's make a determination as to whether or not we want to put money into affordable housing or not. And let's decide how much. For the last 15 years, we've been doing a million dollars or less for affordable housing in the city of Richmond. It's only been within the last couple of years that we have been willing to go up to $2.9 million. We just passed a, a ordinance that would guarantee us the roll-off of the abatement that we all know who benefited most from the abatement program. So if we are not, I'm, I was mis, I'm, I'm confused. I thought that I agreed to this with the understanding that council had agreed that affordable housing would definitely be a priority and also be a priority with the consideration of the, at least the minimum, and we really need a significant more amount of money to address affordable housing. If I'm mis, if I misunderstood that, and God knows I do not want to belabor this label, this process sure. of this affordable, this budget, because I want to get this budget done and behind it. Um, but I, I, I assume 
that that commitment was there. And if it isn't, then I would like to um, reconsider the amendment that I have on the table. Thank you, Councilwoman Robertson. Um, let me say, I am absolutely proceeding under the um, express uh, understanding that we would be addressing um, the affordable housing and other housing uh, needs as a priority within the review of those ARP funds. So I'm proceeding in that same way that you are. Um, and that that would be a part of the discussion, but this is a category for me as well that we would look to identify funding to address for me. And I'm not sure if others are clear about that or I've mudded the water, but that was certainly uh, um, my consideration for ARP with these uh, with these amendments that they would be considered that would and is a source that we understand um, housing is a priority for. And so I'm looking for us to go to the table and you know around these uh, amendments and getting um, the commitment as consistent with our priorities uh, in that process. So. Councilwoman Lambert, and then I'd like to call the question uh, so that we can move forward. Okay, thank you, Madam President. Just to be clear, um, we are going, uh, so the 2.9 that the um, the mayor put in the budget for affordable housing, is that still there? Yes, then, that is still okay. there. So then these um, ARP funds will um, fill in the gap of our 10 million commitment. Is that what we're agreeing on? That's certainly what I was looking towards, is, and this body has made that commitment as well. Okay, uh, yes. I just want to be clear too, so that's fine. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'd like to call the question, would we have consensus relative to the affordable housing and other housing to look at ARP sourcing as uh, the opportunity to uh, address our, okay. We have consensus there. Uh, thank you very much, uh, everyone. With that, uh, Mr. Eckelberger, I'm going to press pause because we only have about 14 minutes in between now and organizational development. And so I would like to adjourn this meeting, members, and then um, re, uh, 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 rejoin uh, for the OD meeting at 5 and then we will have just a few more sections um, to follow up immediately following OD in terms of this budget and with uh, text amendments and, uh, and additional items. So Madam with Chair, that, yes. For the items that have been identified in yellow, uh, can we get a consensus on those? I know that we have uh, a balance that we still got to deal with. I would certainly recommend continuing that to tomorrow. Well, Can we get consensus on the one? I am, I'm fine if folks are fine not having a break, but I will adjourn this meeting so we can start punctually at, uh, at five with OD and try to stay the course. So members, are you amenable to going until three minutes to? Okay. So, Mr. Eckelberger, if you would cover that next section, because I got hands folks uh, seeming to be amenable. 
Yes, ma'am. Um, there are a handful of items that are independent of one another, so they're grouped under other city services. Um, there's actually a second block. These are um, the first um, item is Mr. Addison's amendment to provide $100,000 for the participatory budgeting process. The next item is Mr. Addison's uh, proposal for 350 to uh, update the city zone, zoning ordinance to bring it into compliance with Richmond 300 comprehensive plan. The suggestion there is that that would be funded from ARP funds, um, and the administration uh, has told us that that would be possible. The next one is another 20000 for sister cities. The one after that is another 580000 for parks. Below that is four positions for planning and development review at $320,000, and then that leads us down to Hull Street Business Association, a grant for litter cleanup at $25,000, and reinstating the non-departmental appropriation for Girls for Change at $12,500, and that's everything in that block. Thank you, Mr. Ackerberger. Uh, Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you. Yes, and... Um, so for my amendment on line 49 for the funding of the planning and development review positions, um, just to restate for those maybe who weren't watching before, I am fine dropping that down and spreading um, that million dollar request you know, out to fund the parks increase um, proposed by Councilmember Lambert. And then uh, when I talked to administration, it, um, the conversation was that we would try and fund positions in three different departments. So um, what I would propose would be for the other two positions that we fund staff in the Richmond Department of Health to focus on gun violence prevention. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we had um, arrived at those levels, requested levels with the budget adjustments. I think we made even, so yes. So, members, uh, any questions regarding the items under city, other city services? Ms. Lambert. Yes, thank you, Madam President. And I just want to thank my colleague um, for working with me so that we can get our budget amendments funded. Um, and I'm also in support of additional funding to go to gun violence prevention. I feel that's also a priority here in the city of Richmond that we def desperately need to address. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you. Members, um, can I see Councilwoman Lynch? I believe I see your hand there. I was just so enthused by my colleagues' comments that I uh, inadvertently raised my hand and excited. Okay. <laughs> but I'm for this. So, <laughs> thank you. So, what I'm looking at at this point is consensus for the items that are in this block that we just covered. Okay, we have consensus, and so with that, Mr. Eckelberger, if you would give us what um, the surplus is, we are right now have the, the variance. You right now have an a, an amount available for appropriation, assuming that council, um, after your break, approves Ms. Jordan's amendment to take a million dollars out of the internal service fund for. Uh, uh, Fleet, that's a million. With that amendment uh, to decrease fleet by a million, you have one million one hundred and thirty-three thousand eight hundred ninety-eight uh, above your budgeted amounts. 
And without that amendment, you have 133898 Okay, so we had balanced and had a balance of 133 and change um, prior to looking at the additional item. And uh, the total would be, as you've seen, members. So at this point, I am going to um, look to adjourn this meeting uh, such that you can at least have eight minutes in between now and OD. We will convene uh, at 5 o'clock for OD, and then we have a session already uh, on tap for uh, work after OD. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, considering that we only have one item and we could wrap this budget up, uh, I don't know if everyone wants to have a break, but if we've got eight minutes and we could wrap this up, I would at least like sure. to ask the members if they would consider. We have more than one item, Councilwoman Robertson. We have a paper and we have a closed session uh, for OD. So, um, I'm speaking of this work session, ma'am. Okay. Um, I um, I don't see hands. I'd like to... Members, can we... Um, I can... Is there a consensus on proceeding at which we're talking about starting OD late? Is that correct? I, I, I would prefer... I just need a five-minute break to deal with... Okay. Um, Family stuff. So, okay. Anyone yeah, else? Exactly. We need a break, Madam Chair. Okay. So, so members, um, I will adjourn this meeting, and we will reconvene at five o'clock with OD, and uh, go forward. Um, congratulations. We made it through a significant amount of work um, today. We have the uh, surplus to discuss, as well as text amendments. Um, at the meeting subsequent to um, OD, which should not take us very long. So with that, we stand adjourned. Thank you. Thank you.